The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand Series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand podcast. Today, we're going to be covering net promoter score and actually a, a process that we build around it. And we're going to share the experience my office, the JL Smith Group, went through of utilizing this process. Uh, we actually had a presentation done by Brian Bibbo and Matt Seitz. Um, at our Mastermind Collegium recently, a top five roundtable. And so we're going to play that for you because they did a fantastic job of covering the process. So we're going to go ahead and play you the audio. And then Matt and I are going to have a little discussion following that to add some clarification points to uh, what you just heard. So let's go ahead and we're going we're gonna to play the audio now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Top 5 Roundtable. I'm Brian Bibbo. I'm here with Matt Seitz, Executive Vice President of Marketing at C2P Enterprises to talk about Net Promoter Score, and as I refer to it, as the Client Satisfaction Survey. So let's break this down, Matt. What is really a Net Promoter Score Survey? How does this interact with our clients? Yeah, thank you, Brian. So the Net Promoter Score Survey, and like you said, a client satisfaction survey is a great way to put this. It's a uh, a formulated way of measuring uh, for the clients that we're working with, who's on one end of the spectrum, which we'll define a second as the promoters, and then on the other side that we need to to address is the detractors. And this is a way to help us uh, figure out how we're doing from a client satisfaction client satisfaction standpoint. Uh, but also looking at how we can be generating referrals out of there. And this is this is big for us at JL Smith Group, but also for our advisors tuning in today, uh, because we hear a lot of, I, I, I'm uncomfortable asking for referrals. I'm not sure to how, to how to ask for referrals. Well, by following this process, which we're going to outline and you've done firsthand with your team, Brian, is you get the clients raising their hands to say, I, wanna, I want to refer business to you through this process. And so, uh, we, we got a lot of exciting stuff to share today. Absolutely. So these these different categories here, give us a little bit of context, Matt. Yeah, so starting, I'm going to start backwards of what we have here, but the promoters are, are the nines and the tens on the spectrum. Those are the clients that they want to refer business to. So they're answering the question of, hey, I've had such a great experience with this advisor. I want to refer other people here. The passes are that in the middle that, you know, I'm not, I wasn't thrilled, I wasn't blown away, but I haven't had a bad experience. I'm somewhere in the middle. And, and we've all had some of those, you know, you're shopping at a local store or staying at a resort or something that you're kind of that in the middle. And then the detractor, they, they haven't had a good experience for one reason or another. Uh, and, and those are the ones that we want to dig deeper onto to figure out how can we make that relationship better? How can we fix what went wrong there uh, and address that? And so they, we really categorize them into those three buckets. Yeah, so it sounds what we're actually doing is taking a customer service right here and understanding where's our customer service hand, hand really work for us, tying in marketing and the sales. Like Matt says, these promoters, these people raising your hand, 
they're creating those VIPs conversations. We'll, we'll get into in a minute. They're giving us the opportunity to ask for those referrals. So you're really killing uh, multiple birds with one stone here by doing the satisfaction survey. So here's the actual process that we've went through. Now, uh, I was lucky to have Matt walk us through this process because I wouldn't know where to start. I'm going to be good at the end of asking for the VIPs conversations, but it is a process, Matt. So let's go into the first step. Share with me this email. How did this work? Yeah, and so, thanks, Brian. The, 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 the whole process is what we saw there, but it's got to start with uh, what is the MPS survey process in and of itself. And these are templated questions that we created, and we're building these out uh, on our LMS here at C2P for all of our advisors to tap into. Uh, but the, these are set questions. And the main one, which we'll see in a second here, is how willing are you, how likely are you to refer business to the JL Smith Group or for any of our advisors tapping in, you know, for their business? And then following up with a little more detail, how was your experience with your lead advisor, the support staff, or what feedback do you have to share there? You want to keep it short and sweet because you want to make it easy for them to complete. You want as much participation as you can so you can uh, leverage the positive feedback and then address those, those uh, constructive comments in there. And so it just starts with getting that survey out there, building it into a template, and we have all of that built out. We at Jail Smith Group use MailChimp. Uh, for the survey and email getting that out there. And so we're going to see that in the results that we share here in a second. Great. So here's a, an actual template of the email uh, that we sent out. And as Matt said right at the bottom, how likely are you to recommend the JL Smith Group to a friend? Very, very pointed, easy to answer also. So you don't want to make this complicated with a list of, of 30 different questions. Like when you go to the doctor's office and they ask you 30 questions, you really don't <laughs> want to fill that out. So you want to make it a, a, the low hanging fruit knowing that it's going to be done for your clients. So once we get this step two, the survey completion, Matt, what happens from here? So that once they click through that email, they're going to complete those, those five questions that we addressed. And we're going to see our live results of what we got back from the JL Smith group. Uh, but also what's going to be included in that LMS is our whole campaign for how to get there. Because we have the email, but these days you can't rely on just email because people get so many of those. Uh, and so we actually have templates uh, that we included for voicemail drops and text drops, and as well as scripts for our, our sales and support team when they're having conversations with clients. We want to make it easy for them to complete. Again, easy to drive it to them, five questions, completing that. As they complete those, those are going to get, then get delivered back to our team, where for us, we handle that through the marketing department. But again, each advisor office, depending on their staff, is going to be different how they handle that intake. It's just important to make sure that you have this mapped out internally before you launch the whole process. Absolutely. So the next step was us starting to measure the scores. How did the results come in? We've shared this with the team, and we're going to use actual realistic results here of the client satisfaction or NPS survey that we ran a few months back. And Matt, share with us some of these survey results. I know you shared a great comment with us on our leadership meeting of, of how, you, how impressed you were with the actual results. Uh, yeah, and, and this is kind of small on the screen now, but we're, we're happy to make this available to anyone after the fact to see kind of what we were looking at ourselves as the model office in this sense. But this is a summary of the results that we had as an intake. And in, in the financial industry, an average NPS score uh, is, is probably around the low to mid 70s. 
uh, for that. And when we did ours and you take your, your promoter score and subtract the detractors, the passives, you kind of drop out because again, you're not expecting them to refer you, but they're not going to go out there and put a negative review for you anywhere. So you're taking your promoter minus the detractors. Uh, and we had a score of a 92 on the net promoter score. And I, I've, I've either done these or been a part of these for uh, over a decade doing NPS surveys. And I, I, I have not seen results like that. So I will put that caveat out there, Brian. These are not the typical results you hear on like the infomercials of, uh, you know, not everybody <laughs> should be expecting those. But that, that average score is probably around the low to mid 70s. Uh, but we, we were blown away with the response, which we were very happy with. Uh, and, and we have those scores available. And even the negative or the constructive comments that we have here, you know, happy to share because I know you're going to kind of walk us through how, how you were, were able to address those and turn them into a positive because that is the other reason you do these. You don't just do these to take the promoters is you want to be able to, to save and salvage those other relationships. Absolutely. And, and we're, we actually blew up some of the results for you, but you can see right here, how likely are you to recommend the JL Smith group to a family member or friend? We had the majority of the people here, 10%, 10 saying, Hey, we would be happy to do that. Other things, how would you rank the services from your lead advisor? We got more on a micro scale. Each client has an individual lead advisor, myself, Jeff Warnkin, Chad Weigel, just to name a few of the advisors in the office. And you're seeing we're really getting great results here. So we did have, uh, you know, an average rating of 9.8. How would you rank the services from the support staff? 9.7. So these are, are great results. We were very, very lucky. Uh, how can we improve the experience? Like Matt, you said, we want to be able to grow. How do we grow as an organization? How do we get better? I mean, a lot of people said nothing, no response, client communication. Look at that was the one, hey, we need to work a lot more on. And, and one thing we did to clear this up was more communication with the clients. We've started to send out more uh, emails, especially what's going on in the world. I've gotten great feedback from that. Uh, keep making money. Everyone wants that one, right? Matt and I want that also. So we're going we're, we're gonna to keep working that. Then some other ones were more of some twos and the ones that, you know, these things do come up and it's more of a case to case basis when it's only a small percentage or one person or two people say that. But as you can see, what do you like most about the JL Smith group? Here's some of the great things that people shared with us, what they cared about the most and what do they like. So the detractors, passive promoters, you know, Matt went into this a little bit before, but uh, you, is there anything you want to add here, Matt, on this section of things? Yeah, I think having that designated point person of who these come into is important for right here because as these come in, uh, it, initially, it's the most important to get back to your detractors first. Those are, are freshly identified of, hey, I've had an issue here. I have something that I'd like improved upon uh, in my experience with the JL Smith group. And those are getting those over to the, the appropriate person here. And in our case, it was you, Brian, to handle with those you know, for other offices, it might be who's managing that relationship, but finding those in advance, because you want to address those right away. Hey, thank you for completing our survey. I saw you shared XYZ feedback. We want to make sure we make this right. Or there might be some instances where you know that's not going to be a good fit for a client. And then you have that difficult conversation here. And that kind of opens the door for that. Uh, the passives, as we said, you kind of, they're there. And the promoters, you're housing those for what you're going to get into here, Brian, with uh, transitioning those into a, a, a VIPS conversation. 
Yeah, and I got a great, a great, great story for this. We had a client, Annie, and she came in as a detractor. She actually gave us a five. And the reason she gave us a five, she said, Brian does not follow up with me, answer my emails. So I was like, this does not seem right. Something's wrong here. So I actually called her. I said, Annie, what's going on? I responded to every one of your emails. Did you check your spam or you're not getting them? She's like, I got zero responses for you. I said, something's wrong here. I am going to send you the email chain of what's going on. So I actually forwarded her the email chain and she joked with me. She goes, Brian, I thought you were like my ex-husband, took my money and left me. <laughs> so it's, it's a funny story. But the reality of it is I was able to take that relationship that was a five and make it uh, the relationship it should have been. Because for whatever reason, she wasn't getting the emails. They were going into her spam. She wasn't checking them. So she just thought she was asking me questions throughout the year and I wasn't responding to them. So I was kind of acting like an ex-husband to her, as she said, but the reality of it is we were responding. So this came to light. We would have never known this if we didn't do this, this uh, NPS survey. So you're going to find some great things here. So communications, handling issues. We gave you that example right there with Annie. How do we able to handle this? There's another one, Paul, in our organization. Um, he gave us an eight. So he was more passive than anything. He's just like, I would want more communication. Well, we put him on the email list to continue to drip him. And about once a month, I hear from him now saying, great email, Brian. I appreciate this knowledge. So creating these things in your office, it's going to resolve the, it's going to allow you to resolve these issues because you're getting this feedback. And then reaching out to the promoters. What are the promoters? Our promoters are our people that want to be on the mountain, talk about the JL Smith group. They're going to be able to refer us. So it's having those VIPs conversations. It allows us to have VIPs conversations asking for referrals. And as we know, Bill Cates taught us this in other C2P collegiums. We're using it at the JL Smith Group, but it allows the advisors to feel a lot more confident and comfortable addressing this conversation. They already, we already know. They said, hey, Ken, we're happy to refer friends or family here. So as a sales lane leader in our organization that I am, it's making sure all of the advisors that we have are having these VIPs conversation. And when they're doing annual reviews or semi-annual phone calls, whatever it looks like in your organization, you're going to have that score saying, hey, these people want to refer people. So this is a lot easier conversation to have. So it allows us to integrate the marketing, the sales, and the customer service all into one as we look, about, as we look at this, this NPS survey. Anything else, Matt, you want to add to the listeners at home? Uh, no, I think that's a great summary you had there, Brian, is it's just it's kind of marrying everything together and it's it's making it easier on all of our advisors to to have those referral conversations. You know, we, we know it can be uncomfortable for some people, but hopefully this process makes it much easier. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. We'll see you on the, another top five roundtable here in the future. All right, fantastic presentation. And Matt, uh, thanks for putting that together. I know Brian basically just showed up and talked. <laughs> you did a lot of the heavy lifting to put that thing together. And uh, it, was, it was really fantastic. It is simple, easy. You know, the one thing I, I think to start off is just talking about the three different categories that you guys covered at the beginning of that video. Um, and so what are those three categories again, Matt? Uh, that would be the, 
Yeah, you've got your your detractors, your passives, and your promoters. And so as we shared in there, the promoters are the ones willing to raise their hand and say, this group's great, you should go work with them. The detractors are the other side that they're willing to go out there and share their bad experience, and those passives are kind of right down the middle. So the detractors, you want to address, like, address the issue, right? You got like an open wound that you need to right. treat it right away, right? The promoters are the people that you know you really want to love on and go after for referrals. So it really self-identifies this net promoter score process. The people that you need to fix the issues, the detractors, and then the other damage control. And then you, the others are the people you need to go after to do the, uh, the referral process. Correct. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's just talk through again what these steps are. You know, there's six steps. And so, um, you know, number one is, you know, we send the net promoter survey out to the people. Um, then they complete the survey. And then the third step is scoring the uh, score measured immediately. So, um, Again, the score measured immediately. What exactly happens in that step, Matt? Yeah, the important part there, I, I guess, Jason, is to one, make sure that there is a defined point person that all the results are coming into. We typically recommend that that's like a head of operations or a head of marketing, that their job is just to triage the responses. The reason we put the immediately in there is the detractors. Like you said, that's the open wound. You want to address those issues right away because they are detractors. They could be out there sharing bad things about your organization or certain people that work for your organization. So you want to get on the phone and address those immediately as we have there. The passives and the promoters, not so much yet. The promoters are what we turn into the referral process. Those are handled at the end. But the reason we put that word immediately in there is to make sure that we're really addressing the detractors. Yeah. Awesome. And so, you know, you mentioned some technology, um, uh, MailChimp right, that, that we're using. What are, you know, for those out there that might already have a subscription to something else that does similar, can you kind of just generally, what are the different technology platforms that, are, that work just like MailChimp and what's the purpose of it? Like, how do you use it? Why, why do you use it? How do you use it? And what are alternatives to MailChimp? Yeah, no, I'm glad you bring that up. It's a great question that we've heard from, from other advisors already. That's what we recommended because we used MailChimp for both the email system and the survey to try and make it easy for us so that everything is funneling through one system. You could certainly, if you have an email program that you're already using, you could certainly use anything else. I know Constant Contact or uh, Zoho or HubSpot, any other email platform out there you could use and then link over to a survey platform. You could use uh, you could still use MailChimp, you could use SurveyMonkey, Zoho, a, a myriad of others like that, as long as they're talking to each other. We just recommended MailChimp because it gets the two systems into one. The other side of the technology, Jason, is is the, the text messaging and the voicemail drops uh, that we encourage you to use as part of the process to solicit more responses. Uh, for those, we used Call Loop because we could do the text message and the voicemail drops through the same software there. But again, there are other alternatives out there, but that you could look into. It's just we would recommend starting there because it makes it easy to do both at once. 
And what's the importance of doing like text message voicemail drops? Because for people who are totally unfamiliar with this, like what's the importance and what exactly does it do? Yeah, the, 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 the biggest reason you want to incorporate those in with, with a lot of other communication alternatives is people just get bombarded with emails. And it, it's nice to kind of mix it up every once in a while. I wouldn't recommend doing text and voicemail drops for everything that you do. But for those important things like this of gathering feedback from your client base to make decisions moving forward, both salvaging relationships and generating referrals, uh, we certainly think you should add those into the mix. And so it, uh, for, for the text messages, and we have these templates available for our advisors working with us, uh, the, the text message and the voicemail drop messaging, uh, it's encouraging them to, to go back, check your email, make sure you click on that link. And to make it easy for them, I mean, this is all about we want their feedback, but we want to make it easy for them to complete. Got it. You know, going back to step one, send net promoter survey. Where do you get the survey? Do you got to create it first? I mean, unless you're working with us, obviously, we already have the template. Right. Yes. Yeah, we have that template available uh, for all of our advisors uh, on our platform that they can go in and do that. Uh, if you are creating your own, you can go out there and look online and find questions. But there, there is a science behind it. Like I said, you want to make it easy for them. You don't easy for them. You don't want to make it too complicated. We generally keep recommend keeping it three to five questions and is as easy as possible. So for the first three of ours, it's multiple choice. It's just rating it zero through ten. How was your experience? And then two open ended short answer ones to just talk about get a little more detail about their experience. So. Uh, you you can go out and find other other examples there, but I, I recommend trying looking for a, a tried and true process. Got it. So again, to kind of review these steps, you send out promoter survey, covered that survey completion, score measured immediately. You said basically one person should be responsible for that. Um, and then the fourth step is sort detractors, passives, and promoters. And then communicate, the fifth step is now communicating with the responders. So in the communicating with the responders, we're, we're fixing the issues with the detractors and then we're going after the VIPs conversations with the promoters. So let's talk about the VIPs here for a second. For a lot of people, they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, what's, what's VIPs? So um, VIPS, and so we're big fans of Bill Cates. He's one of the mentors on our mentor portal, works with a lot of our advisors. That just means that he's available for our advisors to do coaching calls with. He's got a fantastic process, VIPS. And so what's VIPS stand for? The whole idea is, is giving you a process, a script, a way to ask for referrals without sounding pushy or, or being pushy or like begging. And most people don't want to ask for referrals because they're very uncomfortable. They either feel like they're like doing something that to make their client feel uncomfortable or they feel like they're almost like needy or feeling like they're begging, right? So <laughs> the method between BI, uh, around BIPS, which I'm a huge fan of because I've, uh, you know, I, I originally saw Bill uh, Kate speak at an MDRT meeting many, many years ago, and uh, I became a huge fan and started buying his stuff and following him and 
I'm proud to say he's on our mentor portal and supporting the advisors now. My office uses him uh, extensively. And so what V stands for is value. Discuss the value they recognize in you. So you want to get there and there's a, there's a strategy and how to do that, to open that discussion and get them talking positively about you. Especially remember, you're gonna go after the promoters in this process. So it's gonna be easy to get that. The I is importance. Treat the request with importance. People kind of like dance around this and get a little sheepish sometimes. You have to be confident and treat this with importance, right? Um, just like if you're, you know, trying to make them a wealth management or insurance client, take them through a process, you got to treat it with importance. And then P is permission, permission to brainstorm or explore people that could be a potentially a good fit for your firm. That's what the P stands for. So VIP. And finally, the S is, S is suggest. You're going to suggest names and categories based on everything you've learned about that client. Um, so whether it be coworkers, whether it be family members, whether it be their kids, you know, adult children, whoever you want to be introduced to, that's what the S is, is the suggest. So um, Matt, and just kind of wrapping up here, I mean, let's just do a quick, you know, rapid fire the big benefits that we see from this process. What would you say uh, would be the, the your top three that come to your mind of, of why to do a net promoter score and kind of go through these steps of this process? Sure. Yeah, I'd say number one, why, why most advisors should this, it's, it's what you just mentioned. It's generating referrals. They, they aren't comfortable. They're nervous. They don't like going to their existing clients and asking for these. Well, the survey part gets them to self-identify. They're raising their hand saying, I would definitely refer business with you. And then they go with the VIPs method where they have scripts and tools that are, that are proven from Bill Cates that they can turn around and use their advisors. So generating referrals there. Uh, number two is, is gauging that client satisfaction, like seeing how we're currently doing. How are we as an organization right now? And what can we leverage on that side? Or, or what do we want to work on the back end? And third is, is being able to salvage those relationships. Like, do we have something that comes in from a detractor? Brian shared a, a great story during that top five roundtable of something that may not have been uncovered had we not done something like this. And I've seen similar things happen in the past with, with MPS surveys where now something comes to light. You can have that conversation and, and overcome that and, and save those relationships and depending on who you're sending the survey to, if you're willing to open that up and send this to past clients as well, because that certainly is an opportunity, uh, you may be able to bring people back. And so that that would be the last part I'd say is, is being able to salvage those relationships. Awesome. Yeah. And you know what I love is just like the simplicity of just having a process to follow, right? All the technologies mm -hmm. there, the templates there, all you got to do is plug in and delegate it to your team even. Right. I mean, I had nothing to do. I mean, this was basically the, the staff runs this and it just boom, Correct. creates results. But the advisor really needs to follow up to the promoters and do the VIPs conversations because we made it rain. We got an unbelievable amount of referrals that have now turned into several millions of dollars of new assets by running this process. And the last thing I want to say, like from a benefit standpoint, Matt, 
is, you know, the survey results, right? When we looked through there, we had so many fantastic comments that we were able to improve our business. Like, think about all, you know, every year you do this and you're going to get fantastic feedback. Like we had things like automated reminders to schedule meetings, you know, um, the uh, more uh, individualized investment updates, right? That we know who said that. So now we get to cater to those people. Um, you know, better support for disabled clients. You know, we had, uh, you know, somebody who didn't like TD Ameritrade. Well, guess what? We have, uh, we have um, fidelity on our platform too. That's an easy trade, you know, switch for us to make if, if that's really what they want to do. Better office snacks and beverages, you know, just silly right. stuff that it's like, hey, why not? You know what I mean? Because if one person's saying it, or even two in some of these comments, it means a lot more people are thinking it. Right, and just didn't say it. All right, well, thanks yeah. so much, Matt. This was, uh, I, I hopefully, all of you got a ton of value out of this, and we will catch you on the next podcast. That's great. Thanks for having me. The Rainmaker Multiplier on demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.